You know, you've heard a lot about the one-year Bible to, uh, recently throughout the year, every day. Hopefully, you're reading the one-year Bible. I opened up my one-year Bible this morning. And hey, I like social media a little bit. Uh, I like the ability to be social. And <laughs> I went to read my Bible and I got stuck at seeing what everybody else is posting. It's like, I can't get away from everybody, man. I was like, I just want to read my Bible. I mean, you're like that. It's like, I'm gonna have to go back to old school, uh, just a hand Bible. But we're in a one-year Bible. We're talking about things in the one-year Bible every single week when you come to church. And uh, so this week, we're actually hanging out in a book called Esther. And uh, Esther was a lady in the Bible, so I know sure you ladies out there are about to get excited about Esther. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, ladies can do great things in the Bible. This is where I'm going to score some points. <laughs> the big idea today really is when you feel uncertain about your purpose, God has a place for you. You know, uncertainty is a part of the faith journey, by the way. There's gonna be seasons where we know what we're doing, there's gonna be seasons where we don't know what we're doing, and uh, uncertainty is just a part of life. And uh, so it really doesn't matter what season you're in, just realize that even though you might be in uncertainty, God does have a place for you. And as we study the Bible and look closely at significant people throughout the Bible, you can spot a divine pattern operating in these people's lives. God always takes initiative, though, to execute his plan through people. He looks at a person who will submit to him. He makes that individual aware of a need, and then the need quickly becomes that person's personal burden or responsibility that God has chosen. Ultimately, the individual embraces God's plan and feels morally compelled to act on it. The vision becomes his or hers possession. Finally, the person calls others to join the cause at a great personal risk. This message today really to me is all about serving the Lord. We're gonna talk about purpose a lot. We're gonna talk about our place and finding our place. But ultimately, it all equates back to serving the Lord, Jesus our King. That's really what it's all about. You know, I, I gave my life to Christ early 2000. It was working for a businessman who was building teams and selling insurance and selling investments. And I would invite people to these meetings and, and uh, he was sharing the dream of what this company could do for individuals. And uh, I was actually on the Usher team back then. And uh, building number two is where I worked. This building didn't exist. And my responsibility at that particular time was to open the side door. There's a little hallway over there. It's where the kids check-in is. My job was to open the side door on Wednesday nights. We had Wednesday night service every Wednesday night, and that was my job. And I remember riding around with this individual, and I had a choice I could make. I could either go sit down and make about $1,000 or I could run and open this side door for about 30 minutes. Well, I chose to go open the side door for about 30 minutes. The problem with that one, it was one evening and I was late. I was late. I was late for my post and I had a full suit on. And so I looked like a, a, a wild man running across the parking lot at a hundred yard wind sprint with a suit on to get to the door five minutes late. I'm sure the people driving by said, I told you we shouldn't go to that church. 
<laughs> Look at that maniac running the, through the parking lot. But the, when I got there, there was an individual there taking my place. And I looked at that individual in the eyes and I said, you will never have to stand in for me five minutes or any time. And the rest was history. Uh, my, my, my whole thing was I realized that God had deposited a dream in my life to help the local church to help the local church. And, and, and being an usher is very, very valuable. It meant the world to me. You know, the psalmist says that, that better is a doorkeeper in the house of my God than a thousand elsewhere. And that's not saying don't do business and all that. That's just saying it's to serve in the local church at any, any capacity whatsoever is a tremendous privilege. And when we lose sight of that, when, when we lose heart about that, things begin to fall apart. You know, uh, you, as I'm growing older, I'm an old man now, I'll be 40 here coming up. So I'm getting prepared. I'm not going to be over the hill. I'm going to be actually climb. I'm going to keep climbing the hill. And so I was like, God, I'm about to be 40. What, do you, what is this? What do you want me to do? And God said, you're a resource, Casey. You can't lose sight of the significance of being a resource, which, by the way, is translated as servant. And so I got this bracelet on as a reminder. It says, I was made for this, with a little Northwood button on it. I don't want you to lose value. We're, we're talking about purpose. We're talking about place and all that. But I don't want you to lose value of the significance that you have if you're on a camera, if you're working in the nursery, if you're on a door, if you're an usher, if you're a host, it doesn't matter where you are. The day that I stopped losing, when I stopped losing that significance is the day I stopped growing. When all of a sudden the church becomes mundane and just another duty and a, just another shift on the post, I lose that value of the kingdom and my life stagnates right there. So I don't know where you are today, but I want you to put high value. I, I, I want you to value the local church like never before. This local church is saving your life. This local church is saving your family's life. It's the vehicle that carries out the gospel. And the day we lose that significance and the day we stop adding value and the day we stop running across the parking lot because I've got a role to play and I've got a place to fill is the day we stop growing. Amen. Let's give it up for all of our serve teams here at Northwood Church. I'm just happy to be on the team, y'all. You know, a lot of times we can get confused. The enemy can play in our minds, but you know what? Servant. Servant. So Esther, <laughs> this lady Esther, during the reign of King Xerxes, one queen was permanently banished and another one was discovered and her name was Esther. Her name was Esther. The, the word means star. And actually Esther tells of a story of an ordinary person who fulfills an extraordinary leadership challenge in an unlikely context. And God said, I'm going to use you and raise you up. And in Esther chapter 2, verse 5, at that time, there was a Jewish man in the fortress of Susa whose name was Mordecai, son of Jer. He was from the tribe of Benjamin and was a descendant of Kish and Shemai. His family had been among those who were with the king of Judah and had been exiled from Jerusalem to Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar. 
This man had a very beautiful and lovely young cousin, Hadassah, who's also called Esther. And when her father and mother died, Mordecai adopted her into his family and raised her as his own daughter. See, what we have to realize is that God would take the most unlikely candidate and put her in his hand and begin to propel her forward in her purpose. She was a Jew. She was exiled. She was an orphan, basically, and she was in this distant land. But God had a place for her. God will always take the things the world cares nothing about and begin to polish it and begin to shape it for his glory, for his passion, for his purpose, for his calling. And that was how we are, right? That's how we are. Look, we, without Christ, we're nothing. We're undone. We're no good. Paul the apostle said, I was a wretch without Christ. I am nobody without Jesus. But finding our place requires great faith and trust. It really does. We've got to have faith and we've got to have trust that God is going to find our place for us, that we're going to cooperate with God, that we're going to not look back. We're not going to be the person that starts the race but doesn't finish the race. See, ultimately, God's place is for you in, in heaven, is eternity. We, that's why we want to be eternally minded so it'll affect our temporal life here on earth. And so God had a place for Esther on earth. God has a place for you on earth. And in Esther chapter 2, verse 17, and the king loved Esther more than any of the other young women. He was so delighted with her that he set the royal crown on her head and, and declared her queen instead of Vashti. To celebrate the occasion, he gave a great banquet in Esther's honor for all of his nobles and officials, declaring a public holiday for the provinces and giving generous gifts to everyone. Even after all the young women had been transferred to the second harem and Mordecai had become the palace official, Esther continued to keep her family background and nationality a secret. She was still following Mordecai's directions, just as she did when she lived in his home. This was a secret. Uh, at the time, there was a gentleman named Haman, and he was conjuring up plans to kill the Jews, actually. And, uh, you know, nobody wanted to see this Jew, this orphan, in the place of royalty, but God did. How many of you know that, that you can't fight against the plan of God no matter what you do? You can't fight against the plan of God. You can kick against the pricks, but your foot's going to get cut. God will have his way even when there seems to be no way, because there's no place out of place when you're in God's place. There's no place out of place when you're in God's place. I know I hear stories about people coming to church sometimes, and they feel out of place here, meaning they, they, they feel like that, that these people singing so passionately has just got it all together, and, and I wish I could be that one day, but I'm not. I'm here to tell you that you're in the right place right now. You're in the right place right now. His church is the place for you, by the way. His church is the place for you. The body of Christ is God's plan for man. And I'm happy to be a part of it, but we have to have faith and we have to have trust and we have to believe that God is working in our behalf no matter what's going on in our circumstance. 
We have to believe that ultimately that those who love God and are called according to his purpose, everything's going to work together for our good. Things might not work out like we thought they would. We might have trials and tribulations, but if we hang on, if we continue to have faith and trust and we stay connected to the body of Christ, we will prevail in Jesus' name. We will prevail. This is a church message. This is a finding your place in the local church. I want to magnify the church before I want to magnify ego or personal gifts our personal swaggered, right, our, our ambition. I, I want to magnify the, the, the body of Christ is our place, and we are all joined together and will work together for his purpose. But we have to have courage. See, finding your place requires courage. It does. It requires courage. It required courage for me to step out of that Lincoln and, and say I'm out and wind sprint in a suit across the parking lot to stand at a door at 6.30 p.m. on a Wednesday night. See, I, I believe when we make the kingdom of God our primary concern. See, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 was a, was a scripture that was embranded upon my heart when I first came to Christ, and I had nothing to do with staff. I wasn't a preacher. I was a sincere individual who gave my life to Christ, and as I began to memorize the word of God, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things that people are chasing after is going to be added to you as well. We have to get back to the fundamentals of Christianity where we hold high value to the kingdom of God here on earth and believe that as we work in the kingdom, as we put our foot and, and, our, and our hand into the kingdom, into his local church and use wisdom in our life, God's going to take care of us. I firmly believe that with all of my heart. I was like childlike faith. The problem is we lose childlike faith. We are inundated with information and distractions and we lose the value. So we gotta step back up to the plate and say I'm gonna have courage and I'm gonna find my place and I'm gonna continue to work in my place in God's kingdom. This is what was happening to Esther. Esther chapter four, verse 13, Mordecai sent this reply to Esther and said, don't think for a moment that because you're in this palace, you will escape when all the other Jews were killed. So she was in compromise just for a moment in her head. Mordecai was, was the friend right there. She was like, well, if, if I go tell the king, I could die. And Mordecai said, if you don't tell the, tell the king, you're going to die anyway. He said, you've got a purpose to fulfill. Watch what he said. If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place but you and your relatives will die. Who knows? Perhaps you were made queen for such a time as this. In other words, God's plan is going to be executed with you or without you. And it's our, uh, it's our responsibility. It, it, it's our passion. It's our mindset. It's our heart. It's our vigor. It's our work ethic to have courage to say, God, you don't have to look for somebody else. I'm going to be a part of your plan and your plan is going to be fulfilled through me. I'm not going to get to the place of compromise because at the end of the day, he said, the Jews are going to die. You're going to die too, Esther. And then God's going to raise up somebody else to do the work. 
This, this is gravity for Esther. This is monumental. This is providence. This is destiny. This is calling. And this is, the, this is the word that goes out to the entire body, not just an Esther, if you would, not just another Jeremiah the prophet, not just another preacher who was beat up on the road and got saved and now preaching. It's for you. This value, this precious commodity is for you to take a hold of. See, God's providence and Esther's preparation meet. See, God is in the business of transformation. I was praying here this morning, I said, God, I wanna be transformed into the image of Christ. That is what you want from me. And I know that I have some things you need to iron out of my life. Because my transformation Will, will set me up for God's providence, which is to serve people, which is to serve the local church, which is to so, ser, serve the kingdom of God in any capacity. See, God, God is all about transforming his people into his image. God will use anything in your life. Last night I was sleeping and I woke up at about 12.30 a.m., and uh, I, was, I was thinking it was like, you know, 4.30. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm talking about? Because I woke up, my eyes went ping. And I was like, uh-oh, this is dangerous. So I started rolling around in the bed, rolling around in the bed, and then I could hear Carrie waking up. <laughs> miffed, you know. She didn't know she was miffed, but she was miffed. She keeps one earplug in one ear. And when you hear the breathing get louder than it was normally, I'm irritating her. So I got out of the bed. This is a true story. I got out of the bed, went to the couch, got me a couple of fleece blankets, bottle of water, a uh, piece of cheese. Um, <laughs> this is random. Uh, we had some old bacon in the refrigerator we had cooked and closed in. I think we're going to use it on turkey sandwiches today, but it's, I'm sorry, baby. I ate that bacon. <laughs> she don't know that yet. <laughs> true story. I laid down and uh, Oscar jumped up on the couch with me and he started irritating me so I shoved him back off. Cause I was, I'm starting to get mad now, you know, I can't sleep. So I finally fell asleep. This is not a joke. I fell asleep, had a, one nightmare. I had this nightmare. It was like a nightmare because I woke up, could barely breathe. And it was like a slideshow of something that God wanted to change in my life. I said, oh my, this is crazy. Went back to sleep, had another nightmare type nightmare, you know. Uh, it wasn't a reaper man coming after me or anything like that. But like this, this fear of the Lord, that's all I can explain. F fear of the Lord pertaining my personal transformation, like fear of the Lord. I'm talking fear of the Lord. Like, and, and, and it was four dreams and it was four separate things that I needed to do immediately. And I said, you know, Self-awareness is an amazing thing. There's a lot of books on self-awareness and all that, but, but when the Spirit of God visits you and, and, and your heart is open to hear something from God, I'm not talking about playing church, everybody. 
I'm talking that God says, I want to turn the dial in your heart and I want more transformation. I want you to look more like me. I want you to talk more like me. I want you to act more like me. I want you to have more of, of a servant attitude like me. I, I, want you, I want you to do this and I want you to do that. I want you to stop doing this and I want you to start doing that. All of a sudden, when we agree with God and take courage, things happen. See, courage can come through the voices around us or God's voice within us. I want to ask you a question today. Do you have that voice telling you something? What's the Lord speaking to you in your life? Do you have an individual telling you you can reach your full potential, which is transformation and servanthood, by the way? See, when I came into the church, my pastor spoke into my life. Com combination with the Holy Spirit. Then my family spoke into my life. And, and, and then my friends spoke into my life. And then there was moments in time where you have to hear from God and you have to work things out on your own. And that's called grit. Grit. And, and you know, when we, when, we, when we stay in the right attitude and if we don't give up, and if we keep failing forward, we can become the, the mentor that somebody needs. We can become the influence that somebody needs. A lot of times we can complain and get in a pity pot. Who's influencing me? Why don't you be the influence for somebody else? I'll tell you the prime vehicle to do that here at Northwood Church, and that's called small group leadership. There's some of you right now. I want to tell you that leading a small group for the last 15 years in my life has been some of the greatest growth phases that I've ever been through. Way greater than Bible college and all that. Pouring into other people's lives. Becoming a small group leader, becoming a, a mentor, becoming a person of influence. Having that grit. See, what we've got to realize is that your purpose is greater than your function. Have courage. See, see, Queen Esther's function was a queen. Her purpose was a deliverer. Her purpose was a deliverer. deliverer. I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, folks, we can get distracted and we can get blinded and we can get deceived and going to school and working on our job and going here and going there. And by the way, I can get the same way working here in the church. It, it can become a job for me. I go to the car, I get on the computer, I do this and I do that. But, but when I let my function override my purpose, things begin to deteriorate. begins to deteriorate. That's why you want to hold great value to coming to a church service like this. I want you to hold great value to coming to every type of service we put on, every environment where we can connect to God and serve people and grow and build his kingdom. Finding your place requires great focus on God. See, in the world we live in, everybody wants to focus on themselves. You say, not me. Oh, yeah. Look at your Instagram pics. Look at this steak. Look at this vacation. Look at this new shirt. 
everybody, look how good I am. Now I'm not beating up social media. But self-idolatry is everywhere. See, we've got to focus on God. We've got to take our focus off ourselves and put it on God. That's what Esther had to do at such a time as this. In chapter 4, verse 15, then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai because she said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go to the king whether he kills me or not. He said, she said, go and gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids will do the same. In other words, put self to the side. God has a greater plan. Put self to the side. God has a greater plan for you. You want fulfillment? You want satisfaction? You want to lay down at night knowing that you're doing something good for God? Put self to the side. Put self to the side and start focusing in on God. Sometimes the first step a person has to take may be lonely and of a great risk. Some of you need to change your environments. When you act upon his word and what the Lord's telling you, he's working in your behalf. See, finding your place requires initiative. Initiative. See, God's plan for man is he set it up. He ordained it. He ordained the local church. But I have to take initiative and saying, God, I want to be a part. God, don't leave me out, God. Lord, take me, put me in the potter's wheel. Put my life on the potter's wheel and keep working on me, God. Lord, please do not take your spirit from me, right? Keep working on me. Keep developing me. Keep changing my heart, God. The potter's will. You got to take initiative. Esther said, though it's against the law, I'm going to go and see the king. Even if I must die, I must die. See, John the Baptist said, I must decrease and he must increase. Paul the apostle said, I die daily. It's not about me anymore, it's about you, God. The whole message is serving the Lord. Man, it, it, it's so valuable, it's so great. To be an effective person, you must overcome whatever is keeping you from moving forward. You gotta overcome it. You, you have to overcome it. You gotta seize the moment. If you don't, your fate will be like the rest of the crowd. God will replace you with someone else you could lose more than just an opportunity. You can miss out on the mission of life that God has for you. No one else can fulfill your purpose. You must step out. No one else. You gotta step out. That's what Esther did. Esther took the risk. Esther, Esther gave it all. She put all her eggs in one basket. Basket. She didn't diversify herself. She didn't dilute herself. She says, I'm going to put it all in the, in, in, in the hand of God. And in chapter 5, verse 1, on the third day of the fast, Esther put on her royal robes and entered the inner court of the palace just across from the king's hall. The king was sitting on his royal throne facing the entrance. When he saw Queen Esther standing there in the inner court, he welcomed her and held out the gold scepter to her. That's a big deal. So Esther approached and touched the end of the scepter. Then the king asked her, what do you want, Queen Esther? What is your request? 
I will give it to you even if it's half of the kingdom. The odds were stacked against her. The odds are stacked against you. There's a great quote by an individual. It says this, to each there comes in their lifetime a special moment when they are figuratively tapped on the shoulder and offered the chance to do a very special thing, unique to them and fitted to their talents. What a tragedy if that moment finds them unprepared or unqualified for that which could have been their finest hour. That's us, folks. You know, finding purpose here at Northwood, we developed this thing called the growth track. And in the growth track, you can discover your gifts and your personality type so that you can put it to work with God and his kingdom. Don't miss your finest hour. We're looking for the spectacular, but God was right there the whole time. We're looking for the spectacular. We're looking for the perfect Instagram post. When God said, open that door right there for two years and I'll let you open something else up. Final words of encouragement from Esther. When you don't understand, you've got to stay steady. Just stay steady. Don't quit. When you realize God's purpose for your life, you feel empowered. You know what your purpose is? The body of Christ. When you know God is in control, it's easier to take your next step. You've got to surrender to the calling of Jesus. That's what this is all about. That's what we get to be a part of. It's so much greater than a church service. It's so much greater. It's so much greater. You know, your purpose is the body of Christ and the local church, the kingdom of God, first and foremost, and then bring as many people as you can with you on the journey. I've just answered all your life questions. <laughs> Ultimately, let's bow our heads just for a moment. Lord, I thank you for, for, for calling us. God, I thank you for every person in this room right now. Lord, I thank you for every person in this room that's seeking you, God, that's searching for you, that's trying to find out their next step, that's trying to find out the answers, God, and I know the answer is Jesus. What I want to do is just pray a simple prayer, and if you would say, you know what, I know I want to be a part of the journey. I know I need Jesus. I know my next step is relationship with Jesus. I'm going to just pray a quick prayer, and I want you to just lift your hand up and put it right back down and say, I need Jesus. I see your hand, ma'am. Yes, I see your hands over there. Hands, hands. Yep, hands over here, hands over there. Say, I need Jesus in my life. I need the Lord. I know I need the Lord. It's the greatest revelation you could ever have is knowing that you need Jesus. Is there anyone else that says, hey, that's me? I need Jesus. Thank you for your hand, sir. I see your hand. I'm going to pray a simple prayer, and you're going to agree in your heart, and God's going to meet you right where you are. You're just going to say, Father, forgive me. Lord, forgive me of my sin, God. Forgive me for missing the mark, Lord. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for thinking about me and considering me, God. Thank you that your love that was shown on the cross over 2,000 years ago is for me today, Lord. I believe in you, Lord. Holy Spirit, come live inside of me. My life is yours. I surrender. 
in Jesus' name. And Father, I pray for the church right now, God. I pray that, Lord, we wouldn't lose value of our purpose. God, that we wouldn't lose value of our place. God, that we would continue on, God, that we would make adjustments in our personal life, God, that, that, that we would consider it a privilege, God, to even be able to handle the things in the kingdom, God, whether it's a camera or a small group member or a baby in the nursery, God, or, or our neighbor who we're talking to about Jesus or somebody we're inviting to church. God, it all, it's all wrapped up into the things of God. And so, Lord, we thank you for it, God. Let, let, let that just deposit into our heart today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give it up for those who prayed that prayer, church. If you just made that decision, let me be the first to say congratulations. The decision to follow Christ is just the beginning of your relationship with God, and we'd love to help you with your next few steps. If you'll text the word SAVED to 51660, we want to send you a link to our website that'll explain a little more about the decision you just made and give you some steps to take so that you can grow in your new relationship with God. We're one church in multiple locations. We have a campus in Gulfport, Wiggins, and in Long Beach, Mississippi. If you're in one of those areas, we'd love to see you at one of our live services. You can visit our website, northwood.tv, for service times and directions. If you'd like to give to this ministry, you can do that online as well. Just go to northwood.tv slash give, or you can text the amount you'd like to give to 228-215-3421. Again, that's 228-215-3421. Standard data rates and text charges may apply. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next time.